Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. And you just arrived to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your rock star wannabe host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete global chaos. Today, while I'm the rock star wannabe, we got an actual rock star in the house that's going to rock us out today. First, though, Android users, make sure you go to the Google Play Store, download the Shark Bite Biz Android app. You'll find the audio and video version of this show and every show there. Plus, you can buy our Dead House coffee directly from the app. Or you can always just head on to deadhousecoffee.com. Use code SHARK. You'll get 20% off your order. You'll also get the freshest coffee that is roasted, sealed, and shipped within a 24-hour period. And did I mention that it's zombie-themed? That's deadhousecoffee.com. Use code SHARK. You'll get that 20% off. We'll get all the proceeds that support us directly building the biggest and the best show we possibly can. Now let's get back to today's show because we're going to have a short intro today. Why? (laughs) Well, we got a huge, legendary, in my mind, rock star on today. We are going to chat about music, art, theater, NFTs, ZBD, whiskey, and just a crazy conversation that goes down almost every rabbit hole imaginable. It's also our first interview we're doing while somebody is actually on tour pre-show. So this is pretty exciting stuff for us right here at Trek Bite Piz. So who do we have today? We have none other than Michael Bishop, also known as the human thraw of the berserker blothar of the legendary rock band Guar. Instead of reading the traditional intros and bios that I normally do for each person that comes on the show, today I'm going to mix things up a little bit. I just want to make a statement. Guar is probably one of the misunderstood bands out there in the world of music. You don't last as long as they have and survive all they have over the decades if you aren't doing something right. Guar is where music, art, theater, and all of that just kind of clash in amazing shock rock type of way. I hope watching this interviews, okay, your eyes get open just as much as mine did after my chat with Michael. So with that, I'm going to shut up. Let's bring in the human thrall of the Berserker Blothar on in here. Creative and Innovation Tips. The human thrall of the Berserker Blothar, also known as Michael Bishop. Welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, just became shark bait. All right. That's one big shark. <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you so much for coming out to the show. I know I've been promoting this for a few weeks that I was going to be interviewing you. And there's a lot of fans out there that love. Blothar. So I, I just needed to ask a couple 
quick fandom questions for you. Some of it comes out of my pure curiosity because I've always known about your your bed. I've seen it all over the place. And, but I've, from what I understand, Gore has its mythos and legends and stuff like that. How did you all decide to come up with those backstories and, and that type of stuff? Well, I mean, in kicking around in the early 80s, you know, the rock scene was pretty freaking boring and serious. Everybody had, uh, you know, a lot of the fun of it, which was to me and bands like Kiss and Alice Cooper and Devo and shit, even Parliament, bands that had a story, right? You know, um, that that was what 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 we were interested in and that's what what we wanted to do was something that uh, you know, plus I, it didn't hurt that Guar came out of a you know, it was an idea based on a film, so it was kind of had a had a back a backstory built right into it. And uh you know, so it was th those things were. It wasn't like we started a band and then decided to start uh, telling stories. It was more like the band grew out of out of uh, an effort to tell a story. So, so you view it. I mean, you mentioned somebody who probably is one of my top favorite artists, which is Alice Cooper. And part of the thing that I love about Alice Cooper is kind of like the story and how the show is on stage. So it sounded like that is kind of part of the inspiration that you had as far as trying to make music interesting in the 80s again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Trying to make make music interesting. Uh, things have gotten a little too serious. There's no question about it. Um, and Alice Cooper, you know, it, it's a, I mean, I think I do think war is very different than Alice Cooper, um, but uh, de definitely an influence. You know, I would almost say that war uh, was more interested in things that are a little more meta, like uh, Devo, right, where it's like, you know, a band that sort of devolves. <laughs> You know, I mean, it, it, speaking of music and business, I mean, how brilliant can you be where, you know, the business of that band was really linked into the art of it. And uh, they managed to, uh, you know, I mean, by by their fourth album, they're all playing keyboards, right? Like, even though they're extremely capable musicians. It's just Art is an important part of your band as well, too, because you know what you wear on stage it's not like you just get your hair permed and you're throwing on spandex and going out t-shirtless you know you you've got pretty elaborate costumes that you wear that's right and war was from the beginning a cooperative effort between uh, a group of musicians and a group of filmmakers and artists you know visual artists um sculptors painters theatrical performers um and then i mean i think another big difference in war and other bands who get called shock rock or who do theatrical presentations um is that you know you don't get the sense that that gene simmons is really making that costume 
right? Um, but uh, in Guar, we are, right? Like the people who are providing the visual side of this band or the people that are in the band. I think that's a difference too. Right, right. Because I mean, what you're you're wearing, your attire, I mean, it's almost like you're wearing like another set of skin in, in, in a way, you know what I mean? Like you're a entirely different creature, I guess you can say, once you're oh, yeah. in your full attire. Yeah, there's characters involved. So how long does it take you to actually get into the costume, get prepared, you know, and get ready to go live? Is it something that is simple? I mean, they're elaborate costumes. Yes, they are. Um, No, I mean, it takes about a half hour to get dressed, but long part is the making of the costumes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, and, and we figured out how to make them and how to, have a good repeatable show that where everything doesn't fall apart. Been doing it for a while now. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So right now, I believe uh, as of October thirtieth, more or less. Uh, I, I think he played down in Philadelphia. I believe. Uh, I was so bummed. I had wanted to go, but I just literally got back surgery five days prior. So it was not advised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm wearing a back brace as we speak. But I've got to ask, I mean, uh, let's talk about your current tour. Where are you going? You know, what's the theme? Is there anything new in the show? What can fans expect? We're going across the the u.s and then later we'll be doing some european stuff as far as what we're what we're doing on stage it's this is the 30th anniversary of the record scum dogs of the universe so wow congratulations it is a uh tour where we're playing scum dogs most of it and we're also um doing skits and uh you know theatrical performances and, and, and introducing characters that were part of that show I, I think that's one of the things that some people I I don't think there's many people that have no idea like who Gore is. I think most people know the band Gore. They know the imagery, but it stops there. They don't really understand, you know, the mythos or what your show's about and your music's about. And that's where, you know, it really is a combination of art of theater and, you know, music. Would that be a correct assumption? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would say that you're right, that most people don't understand what, what the substance of the band is. Um, what would you want to say to those people? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's not, for, for a lot of them, maybe it's not for them, right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm disinterested in them. But, but it's, <laughs> as far as like, you know, I mean, I do think it's our job to expose the band to people who might like it and who might get something out of it. Um, and to those people, I would say, uh, you know, spend some time, right? Like anything else. I mean, you're not, you know, you're going to have to listen to a record. You're going to have to watch a video. You're going to have to, uh, you know, but of course, the ultimate thing is to come see a show. Um, I don't think very many people come to see a Guar show and walk away thinking, uh, oh, yeah, that was terrible, right? Like, I mean, they, 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 they watch it and 
can at least see the amount of effort and uh, that goes into it. And it's and it's utterly unlike anything else that you'll ever see when you walk into a rock club. I mean, there's no question. Right. I am. I'm. I am looking forward to seeing my first Gore show. I know that. I I think you know we mentioned Alice Cooper earlier. You also have somebody like Marilyn Manson back in the late '90s, early 2000s. I mean, they're to a different degree than what you're doing. I think you all amp it up a little bit more. But when I first went to see Cooper and I first went to see Manson, I you know that shock experience of that show that was my first experience because prior to that. I've only seen bands like Aerosmith where it's going to be just the music, not that much of a show like the theatrics. And once I saw that combined in my head, it was like, wow, I, I was blown away. So that's where I think War fits in because it takes both of those artists, I think, to a whole nother level. And I, I really think it's something that people should check out because, you know, you, you hear things, but if you actually go see it, witness it, understand it, you know, that's where it actually makes sense to most people, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, seeing it in, in live is, is the key. One of the reasons I brought you on is because uh, of NFTs, okay? Non-fungible tokens. What does Gore have to do with the NFTs? What's the connection there with that? One thing is that uh, you know these are. I mean, the the attractive things about thing about NFTs from the beginning was that it's a way to sort of uh, monetize art in an interesting way, um, and uh, you know the real attraction for us is the long game with the NFT, right? Like the idea that, um, you know, uh, I mean, and it's funny because people are always like, yeah, I mean, people are very critical of NFTs for like any number of reasons. Like, I mean, they don't understand them. They don't want, uh, they, they say that they're bad for the environment, which I can see, although the people that we work with claim to have sort of mediated that a little bit. Um, at least they're paying attention to it. Well, there's, with the environment, with the environment, my understanding is is that that's not necessarily NFTs itself. It's more the bigger picture of crypto mining, like having all the mining for the the crypto coins. But same thing, because you can't have the crypto coins and the you know the the blockchain without having you know, the mining. So, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, this company does something and I can't remember exactly what it is or describe it, but uh, Fanoply makes some effort to uh, do something regarding that. And I, I, I would have to, I'd be hard pressed to explain it other than that. Uh, I think it involves like making the, the thing more accessible so there doesn't have to be as many sort of calls to the blockchain or something like that. Uh, um, but uh, the, the, the effort that, that I mean, what, what, what attracted us about it was that in the big picture of things, right, War is a band that is very fascinated with science fiction and with um, alternate, alternate realities and with building, 
you know, with world building. Um, and there is a way that NFTs, some people talk about them as maybe being a, a step towards the multiverse, right? You know, which now, of course, like, uh, as soon as we started talking about that, then the next thing, you know, the uh, fucking Facebook dude starts spouting off about this. But um, well before that, we had been thinking to ourselves, wow, you know, it's kind of cool because like you could build, you know, there's a potential for us to, for people to own some piece of this world that we're trying to build. And we've always been building this world. And maybe people can actually like sort of own it and in a sense, they're making it real by doing that. Um, and, uh, you know, so that is, uh, and, and then the, just the general artistic value of NFTs being this thing that, like, really creates a, a question of what reality is, you know, at, at a time when reality doesn't seem, it seems, certainly seems to me like it's never been more in question than it is right, right. now. Right, it is. You know, that's actually really, really valid because there are articles from legit scientific and tech companies coming out on a daily basis, whether um, I just read one probably in Forbes or someplace like that where they were talking like, hey, a new uh, scientific document says that we may just be, you know, in a Petri dish you know, yeah. for some other civilization. And it's it's really crazy when you think about it and you start getting deep into thought, you know, are we just an experiment? It, it, it's weird. Well, yeah, but I mean, I mean, of course, everybody's doing it now, but they, you know, I mean, these are the things that drove 19th century Scottish philosophers insane, right? I mean, you know, certainly... Hume, like struggling with that idea. Do we exist? Or are are we, you know, I mean, these are things that have been bothering humans for quite some time. And uh, uh, so it's, it's, but NFTs really do sort of dramatize that in this way that, uh, you know, I mean, it's interesting to think of it that way. Like maybe this is how that alternate reality gets built um or 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 at least how you start taking steps towards it um so i mean that idea is very attractive to us as a bunch of star trek nerds um so you know i mean really nfts sort of like fit right up the alley of guar i mean they're they're exactly the kind of thing that guar would be interested in and it and it never ceases to amaze me how little imagination some people manage to have about right well well it's it's more it's more cynicism you know they're like it's just a cash grab well yeah yeah that's what they say about bitcoin and you know what my answer is to that i'll tell you right now michael like people i have friends that i talk about on facebook for example about crypto and they're like hey just a, a pump and dump scheme it's fake it's not worth i'm like i don't care if it's fake or not people are paying $68,000 for Bitcoin I'm going to earn a a slice of that pie before it's too late and so far I've done pretty darn well I mean whether you think it's imaginary or not you cannot deny that it has value because people are paying for it and it's not like they've been doing this just for a year 
people have been paying for crypto for 10 years now. It just got really popular the last four or five. Right. So is Gwar going to be offering their own line of NFTs? What is your take on that? We're we working with the company Fanoply. Mm-hmm. Um, we developed a, a, a whole line of, of, of NFTs. Um, and and we, we're just growing that. We're continuing to do more and more of it. Um, so right uh, now I see that you have the whole line of it, but as you look at like Gwar on your website and you look at the NFT section, uh, and I just double check it that right now for accuracy, I mean it says everything's sold out. So are there are there more coming on the way? That's more to what I was talking about. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We are we are going to be developing more, um, and we have. Uh, and 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 we're going to be developing in the direction that I said that that you know this kind of alternate world that we have built like we would like to eventually sell real estate in it right you know like so there'll be uh, I mean that that's the plan um, even on this tour like we have a, an NFT that I don't think is listed on the uh, on the website in that group of, uh, of, of of ones that have sold out already and this is. Um, this is a, uh, a a plan to like w- well like we have a poster and the poster comes with an NFT <clears throat> and uh, you know we, we haven't really seen I don't know for sure like we 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 assigned our our people we asked our hold on a minute <laughs> sorry we we asked our people to uh, to look at um, to look at the secondary value, right? The secondary market value of these. Uh, so, and I don't know what they've been yet, but I think that that once we actually get into, you know, right, the way we started was just with these very simple sort of tokens. Um, and uh, but where we're going with this is definitely um, has a lot to do with this project of world building, right? Like. Um, and so we're we're really excited about that. That that's mind blowing. And I've also got to say that your NFTs. I mean, as I look at the, uh, they're they're not crazy. I mean, you were talking twenty or forty bucks each for these NFTs. That's extremely affordable. And I think offering those type of affordable options is a good way to get more people involved to understand it because it, it kind of lowers the barrier to entry and then it opens up the door for larger value. As we say in the biz dev world, land and expand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that was our, our plan was to, uh, uh, that's why we've been interested in what goes on in this secondary market, right? Like, um, and and trying to, you know, I mean, there's definitely a lot of people. I mean, I, I, I read one of our fans, you know, an enterprising fan was like, maybe I'll start a business to explain to people what they can do with these NFTs that they just bought, right? You know, that's like, well, yeah, give 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 it a shot, man. I mean, because there is a, a lot of people who bought them and really don't know what they are. I mean, I mean, well. You know, and, and just NFTs in general, like Guar being a group of artists, you know, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with like, you know, it, it really 
like Walter Benjamin's art in the age of mechanical reproduction, right? You know, I mean, this is this is like a, a, a it is a philosophical question. It's like, you know, what what the hell are these things? Yeah, I mean, you can get very very deep on this subject, but I know I know you're on tour. I believe you're playing Atlanta tonight. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. So um, I have two other topics I want to go through quickly just to make sure I touch them because. You know, one thing that we cover on Shark Bite Biz is that, you know, being in a band, especially I call legendary band like War because you've been around for so long and have done so much that, uh, you know, you all are entrepreneurs and you come out and you do things, you know, with the creative side of you, whether it's these NFTs, but you also have uh, a CBD line and a rye whiskey line. Can we talk about those a little bit? T- tell our audience about what you did with CBD. Um, well, you know, one thing that we did during the pandemic was that Guar restructured our business. And we did that in part because, I mean, we had the, the very unfortunate event of losing our uh, manager. Uh, our old manager we'd had for years died. Um, and, and so we, yeah, and, 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 but, you know, we came out, uh, and I think he would have loved for, for this to have happened. Um, we really managed to get lucky and, and hook up with another management company that I think understood, understands, and, and has the ability to help sort of make um, sort of almost the business version of War's art, right? Like. Um, and and they understand that vision, um, and they've really helped us a lot. Um, when we went looking for a manager, what we were looking for specifically was uh, someone who could help us do that, right? Somebody who could help us, like you know, we don't want to. It's not like we wanted to be Kiss and sell everything, but we wanted to be. We wanted to expand our presence and our brand into other. Right, right. Because your brand, like I mentioned earlier, your brand is huge. There is very, there are very few people that have no idea who Gore is. For minimal, they know the image of the costumes uh, in their head. They know that everybody does. It's impossible not to. Yeah, it's strong. And 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 you know, I think that like the majority. I mean, a lot of people just sort of they write it off, but they don't understand it. Um, uh, and I do think that that's true too. That like, like the main in mainstream, like Boris thought of as kind of like uh, this, you know, it's just, it's just a visual presentation. There's not music behind it or something like that, but usually that's because people really spent, they haven't spent any time with it. Um, so uh, in an effort to, you know, bridge that gap i mean yeah the other thing that we noticed was that war had become over time even though we've sort of defined ourselves against uh mainstream art and things like that uh that world had become more interested in the band um so we were getting invites from uh, art museums and from history museums and from organizations that talk about rock history and things like that, you know, so it was like war was sort of getting that kind of recognition. Um, and we saw that 
you know, some of the things that the sort of outrageousness of the band that might have kept uh, brands and labels and things at, at a distance, um, the world had changed to where, you know, yeah, so, I mean, now uh, that being the case, you know, yeah, we were able to contact a uh, through, uh, we were, uh, I mean, without getting into the specifics of it too much, we were able to find a, a, uh, a maker of, uh, of, of rye whiskey, um, that is very well respected. And that's based in our, the band's home, home state of Virginia. And they were interested in linking their distinctive product to our distinctive product. And, uh, that's what we did. Um, you know, and, and then Guar, it, it all like actually came out of sort of this effort that we had to, um, sort of tap into uh, the, this sort of lifestyle branding thing that 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 things like Monster Energy have, um, you know. But it's like Monster, really, what they've been doing is they've been sort of going out and like it, it's really, I don't know. It's cool. It's worked for them. I'm not critical of them, but it's like at some point you have to ask. Why are we doing this work for these people, right? When when we could be doing this ourselves because we're the ones that built this. And, and you know, one thing I've noticed just from speaking with you during this last uh, half hour or so is that, you know, you really think of Gore as a business and the business opportunities and the branding and the marketing and how can we expand that? Um, that to me is, I mean, you're, you're basically a small business owner. That's what I hear when I hear what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. We all are. Yeah. That's what we, there's no point. I mean, look, <laughs> that that's the thing is that rock music and art period always, I don't care. I don't care if it's the Sistine Chapel, right? It exists as a commodity. It always has. Always. You know, now, now you, you could say that, yeah, the Sistine Chapel, I mean, that's a different example, right? You have art as ceremony, you have art as ritual, um, and it has, and it exists in reverential spaces. But like, the truth of the matter is that, you know, especially fucking pop music, man, this is rock music is a commodity and it seeks to escape that status continuously. But it never will because it doesn't deserve to escape that status. It's simply what it is. And, you know, like, I mean, you can have all of the all of the that that's not a cynical view. It's a uh, a realistic view. And, um, you know, the, the, the trick is to make art using that information. Right. Um, and, and I actually kind of, you know, I don't like, like people have these sort of notions of authenticity and they're always bullshit. They're always bullshit. You can break them down, you know, like, and it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, like, well, what makes a, what makes art, what makes a true artist, a great singer, you know, what makes a, a great, a great musician? Is it that they write their own songs? You know, Elvis didn't. And I challenge you to find a more successful <laughs> Uh, purveyor of art of, of the art of music that ever to ever have existed right you know i mean like so out of so out of everything we just talked about we talked about 
gore, your mythos, your legends, your outfit, the art, the theater, NFT, CBD line, rye whiskey line, all of that with gore. What is the top thing that you think the general society misunderstands about gore itself? The top thing I think that people misunderstand is that gore mounts a very serious critique of late capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we do it the way only modern critiques of late capitalists manage to, you know, we work within that system because we're damn sure not going to break out of it. Um, And, uh, you know, that that's what it is. And I would love, you know, I don't think people are going to grasp that. So I don't really necessarily want them to grasp it. Um, it's just that uh, I want them to buy the shit. That's what I want. Them to do. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. I mean, and 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 I want to keep doing it. We want to keep doing it because there is art to it. There is art to commerce. How how much longer do you think can you foresee Gore going on? Well, until the people who are involved see look look here's the thing is that like our fans like to say because there is a way that you don't know who is in these costumes and they and they point to like our lead singer who unfortunately died in 2014 the the original singer yeah but they they say you know look he said that it could last forever right um i think that was hyperbole um i don't think that it can last forever Mainly because, you know, we keep talking about guar as a commodity and about selling guar. But the simple fact of the matter is that, like, to get to this point, as with any other thing, right, it involves a lot of passion and dedication and loss and, mm-hmm. and uh, commitment to something that doesn't produce results instantly, right? right? Um, and finding young people who have the kind of, of uh, gumption or, uh, or even, I mean, really, they, they just exhibit common sense, right? Like, why should we work our asses off for nothing, right? right? And it's like, well, because you have this commitment to do this thing with these other people. Um, and finding people who are going to do that is, is a tall order. And we've discovered that. Uh, you know, you, you <laughs> when we bring young people into that studio and say, you know, you're going to be making props and you're not going to be making any money for a while, they tend to say, oh, yeah, well, okay, I'm going <laughs> to go for industrial light and magic and you can keep this old man bullshit. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely, definitely tough. And since we're talking about the longevity of the band and stuff, I have to ask you i saw a rumor on the net two three weeks ago and i i could read the headline to you but it says dave grohl really uh, reveals he almost joined gore as a teenager is that true yeah yeah absolutely i mean dave grohl is from northern virginia um Gwar's from Richmond, Virginia, but almost every member of that band, other than myself and, well, uh, other than a few people, most of the members of the band 
were, were from either central or northern Virginia and played with Brain, uh, Dane Bramage, which was his old band. You know, my first band played with them. Uh, I knew him. He had been in the band Scream. We all knew mm-hmm. what a fucking great drummer he was. He's amazing. Yeah. Players. And, and so we wanted to, uh, you know, when, when Guar needed to replace our drummer, I mean, the idea of getting him was, yeah, it was first and foremost on our minds. And Nirvana didn't, wasn't really going. I mean, it's, it's funny because I remember we had played with Nirvana with their original drummer um, yeah. not too long before this, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. Nirvana was out. They were touring for Bleach, and Dave wasn't in it yet. So, yeah, I mean, it, Guar was a band that was drawing seven or 800 people at the time. And, uh, you know, it was a, a big step up for Dave, um, or it would have been. Um, but luckily for him... <laughs> It's not the step he took, right? Yeah, crazy how fate turns out like that. But Michael, hey, I've had fun. This has been an awesome, uh, awesome chat. I mean, you've told us so much about you, about the band, uh, you know, even rumors about Dave Grohl. This has been incredible. Um, you want to tell us, um, you know, well, you already told us you're in your 30th anniversary tour, correct? Yep. Yeah. We're doing the 30th anniversary tour. And then after this, almost immediately after this, we go into the studio to record an album. Um, uh, we're working on a comic book, uh, which is really, a, it's a long form graphic novel. Um, that's going to be linked. We have a, uh, wonderful documentary that's doing really well that, uh, is going to be coming out the same year. Like 2022 is just going to be a really huge war year. Can we expect a tour stateside in 2022? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a worldwide tour. Oh, oh, I can't wait. I will 100% be in your show. That's anywhere. Philly, Jersey, New York, wherever. I'll be at that next show. Cool. So, hey, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, for everybody else out there, if you want to find out about Gore, you can head to their official website, uh, gore.net, right? Yep. Hey, All right. thank you, Michael. This has been incredible. Uh, rock out tonight on stage. All right. Take it easy, man. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Cheers. Wow, that chat was out there, right? First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out because Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret in the world of business, please share us out to your friends, your colleagues, your parents. Your parents would love Shark Bite Biz. Get us out there, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever you dwell on the interwebs. Help us out by sharing this episode. That is the only way we continue to grow. Now let's get back to our literal rock star guest, Michael Bishop of Guar. Where to start with this interview? We went over so much. I think one of the most impactful things that I got from the show, besides hearing that Dave Grawl Nirvana story at the end, which was amazing, I've got to say, what I ended up naming this episode after was Gore, Gore as a Service, Gas, D-A-A-S. I called it Gore as a Service because the band is into so many things. I mean, they really are reaching, you know, their peak business model into products like CBD, whiskey, even NFTs in the crypto space. That is amazing brand reach. 
So when we discussed NFTs, that I've got to say, that's really where my mind was blown because this conversation went in a total, total different direction than what I thought it was going to be originally. The metaverse is all the news right now with Facebook rebanding to meta. And me, many people have said that we're on the path to having a multiverse. Whether the multiverse is real or whether it is a digital reproduction of life that we create, you know, it definitely seems like we're headed towards some sort of a Matrix-style multiverse in the future. And I think that's where Michael's head was during that discussion. You know, the whole discussion and hearing his viewpoints, it goes deep. I mean, you can't just box this into one interview. We were only skimming the top of what this dude believes. And all the possibilities, all the potential things it could be. I mean, it is really mind-blowing. And I think Michael did a very good job of verbalizing exactly what he thinks it may be and why he has got it into that space. Lastly, do me a favor. Like when I asked Michael, what's the biggest misunderstanding around Gore? And his answer was that people don't get that Gore isn't just a band. They are a collaboration of artists, theater, and music. It's a shock rock performance on a new level. Will Gore last forever? Well, you heard it from Michael himself. He said technically anybody could be behind the costume, but he doesn't know. Only time will tell. Definitely make sure you head out there and you see Gore on tour. They are on their 30th anniversary tour for Scum Dogs. Uh, and I think that experience is going to change your whole mind, your whole opinion. And even if you just want some fun, head over to Gore.net. And they have the mythos section on the website where you can click that and you can learn the mythology of the band Gwar and people like the Berserker Blothar and stuff like that. I mean, for example, I'm looking at it right now and it says name, the Berserker Blothar instrument, lead howler. I mean, they have some really cool things i mean it wasn't like they just scratched this up some night there was a lot of thought a lot of energy that went into building these elaborate costumes building these backstories and building this mythos this legend for this performance that you see so definitely like i was saying go see them they're in their 30th anniversary tour of scum dogs it will be worth the show uh just be prepared to get messy is all i've gotta say question of the day what is your favorite gore song leave a comment down below on youtube do you want to be on the show just like michael bishop of gore was send an email out to interviews at sharkbitebiz.com please also don't forget you can join the channel if you're on youtube three dollars a month you can become a baby shark or Get the freshest coffee in the world delivered right to your doorstep with our coffee brand, DeadHouseCoffee.com. Use code SHARK. you get 20% off your order. We get all the proceeds. You get the coffee. It's a win-win for both of us. Let's help each other out. You all know this by now, but I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Fight Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers.
Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story. 